Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML. One of the more uh, celebrated cases, I guess. I mean, we've talked about this so much over the last number of months. Uh, I, I guess because the common reaction we've heard from an awful lot of people is that happened here in this area, in our neighborhood. It's uh, about Karim Baratov, of course, the uh, Canadian who is accused in the massive hack of Yahoo emails uh, some months ago. Well, he will be back in court today to fight a judge's decision to deny bail. The ruling by Superior Court Justice Alan Witten says the 22-year-old is uh, too much of a flight risk to be given bail. Obviously, uh, Baratov's lawyers would disagree with that. Joining us to try to add some clarity to this issue is Jeff Manishin, criminal lawyer, of course, former Crown attorney. Uh, Jeff, of course, is with Ross McBride here in town, and he joins us on the Bill Kelly Show. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing this morning? Great, Bill. You? Excellent. Listen, there's a, there's a lot to sift through when you come to this Baratov case right now. Uh, you know, we're talking about uh, bail. We're talking about extradition. Uh, I think there's an awful lot of confusion about exactly what he's charged with, uh, who actually made the arrest, and why. Uh, could you could you maybe take each one of these and try to give us some some ideas to exactly what's going on and and who's calling the shots here? Wow. Uh, well, I, I will tell you. We've only got half an hour. I, I have but... <laughs> only followed the case, of course, through the papers. Sure. Remember, Will Rogers once said, "All I know is what I read in the papers." <laughs> and from what I, I understand, there was a basis, and it was most likely with wiretap. It could well have been with uh, surveillance, and it could well have been with uh, computer searches, and uh, it could even be based on information from you know confidential sources. Who knows? that the U.S. authorities brought an application to uh, extradite Mr. Baratov on the basis that they wanted to prosecute him in the States for a host of different offenses. And from what I gather, it has to do with electronic interference with data as well as effectively uh, a computer-based identity fraud. Uh, that's those sorts of activities. And from what I've read, it sounds like they had reason to believe it was done on a large scale. And there is a, a treaty between Canada and the U.S., and there is with Canada and a host of other countries, too. And the process is that the state that, you know, or the, the entity that wants to initiate it, um, they have to notify the, uh, the Canadian government. And uh, effectively, on, on their behalf, the, the process is initiated with the individual being arrested and held in custody in a Canadian court, pending a decision being made of by a judge as to whether the individual should or should not be extradited back, extradited back to the United States. So there's a hearing. Now, the test at that kind of hearing, would invo- it involves the presentation of testimony, but it doesn't, Bill, involve the states, for example, having to call 20 witnesses to prove the various aspects of the offenses beyond a reasonable doubt. It's not done in that fashion. You generally have an investigator who is able to share in an overview the nature of the investigation, a variety of issues. And uh, in terms of of the procedure, at least at this stage, the individual does have a right to have a bail hearing. Ultimately, in terms of extradition, that's something that's decided up the road a ways. The test is not unlike the kind of test we use in a preliminary hearing. A preliminary hearing test is there's some evidence upon which a reasonable jury properly instructed could convict. That's the test we use for prelim. Same kind of test for a judge to be able to decide should the individual be extradited or not. Now, that extradition hearing might not be for a number of months. And once the judge makes the order, as I understand it, it still has to go to the federal, the appropriate federal cabinet minister to decide will they or proceed with the extradition or not. If it's a death penalty situation in the States, we won't extradite. 
we want. And to we've had cases finish. like that, that well-known cases like that, where the Canadian authorities have, have, I guess, cooperated through the Extradition Act. But when it came to the ex- actual extradition, they're the ones that actually would, 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 would say to the U.S. authorities, no. And that issue ultimately went to the Supreme Court of Canada uh, many years ago. Um, and, you know, so that that's a fundamental principle of justice for us. And in, in fact, it was a pretty, let's characterize it as fulfilling or satisfying decision to see our Supreme Court of Canada say, no, when it comes to death penalty, we are not going to extradite. So let's go back to the situation here. Um, the first step in, in the process, the individual may, and, and I should stop, by the way, and say there are people who will waive extradition. They'll simply say, it's fine, I'll go. Okay, I'm not going to challenge it. You see that regularly. Of course, the test is not, you know, as I say, extraordinarily high. But if the extradition is something that wants to be contested or the individual wants to at least be at liberty till he has the opportunity to, you know, deal with all of that, you can have a bail hearing. And the bail hearing is done at the Superior Court of Justice level. I'll stop there to say majority of offenses uh, bill in Canada, bail is done, bail hearings are done before a justice of the peace. Murder cases, bail is done before a Superior Court judge. Okay, same test. But it's just a different form, and uh, so. But, but we, this is not a murder case yet. It, yes, it, yet it was a justice that actually heard this case. Yeah, it's it's. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's under the extradition act. Okay. Okay, that issues in relation to bail, and you know, I guess because of the sort of international ramifications of it, they want issues of release to be determined by a superior court judge. So Justice Alan Witten uh, heard, had heard the bail hearing, and the test is is really the same. You have to decide. Is there is there a basis to be concerned that the individual, if released, won't attend court? Is there a concern they have to detain the individual for the protection or safety of the public, including any substantial likelihood the person will, if released, commit a further criminal offense or interfere with the administration of justice? Or the third ground, it's referred to in, in the court's legal terms, the tertiary ground, if the detention is necessary to maintain the public confidence in the administration of justice, looking at the apparent strength of the case, the gravity of the offense, the circumstances surrounding the commission of it, and what kind of penalties the individual will be looking at. Now, I will, I will tell you, Bill, I have not read the transcript of Justice Witten's decision, but I know he's a very, very experienced Superior Court judge, done murder cases, all kinds of cases for years, and it was fully contested, and he gave his reasons, and those reasons are now under review by the Court of Appeal. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.